It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Now, we had this guy on the, today named Brandon Lee Gowton. Now, who the hell is he? Can you, tell, Martin, can you tell me who this is? He writes for Bleeding Green Nation. Now, is Bleeding Green Nation something that people read? Oh, nope. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is James Seltzer and not John Barchard. I have uh, attempted that uh, that in the past, and you start to realize it's like whoever the poor bastard is who's following Vin Scully right now and announcing Dodgers games. It's just like, that's a job you don't want, and uh, trying to mimic the, uh, the John Barchard, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation, is a job I don't want, but I do want to be here and, uh, and talk to the man I'm about to talk to. This is episode, I believe... 241 of BGN Radio, which is absolutely insane, and, and I have the, the distinct pleasure this evening of uh, of getting to talk with the Hefe himself, as John would say. That that I can impersonate John with, uh, the editor-in-chief over at BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lingouten, BLG. What's up, brother? James, a couple of weeks ago, you died, and you weren't able to make the WIP show. Last week, I died, and I was not able to make the WIP show. And now John is not here, so I guess there's only one explanation why he's not here tonight. Yeah, I look, death is going around the BGN uh, radio community. Luckily, it is a rare form of death where you don't actually die, Very which is it's, it's, it's convenient and, and also good, I'd say. I'd say this is a good thing, BLJ. I agree. So I think we, what did John say? He said, I feel like, I think he might have said, I feel like death, which would be appropriate. Uh, so, uh, uh, BLG and I said, uh, we will roll two man style, which is always fun anyway. Cause, uh, we don't get to do it as much as we used to. So, uh, so we enjoy it always BLG. We have, we have a lot to get into cause, um, uh, obviously the last OTAs uh, finished, uh, and we will not see this team on the field again until training camp and until they're wearing pads and hitting each other and it's real football. Um, but uh, I want to get into the OTAs because there was a lot to go on, and we have like a ton of questions we're gonna get to too. Uh, shout out to all the uh, 
all the awesome people on the Twitter.com who, who chimed in with some great questions, which we will be getting to in just a little bit. And uh, Jason Peters, I want to get to that with you as well. But I want to start with the OTAs because you were down there. You kind of uh, have a feel for everything that's going on. Uh, let's do a little winners and losers action here. Um, like, And again, we uh, we both will qualify this with the fact that, again, they're playing in shorts. And, you know, yes. yeah, it's not real football, but it's it's something. Um, and probably something that we in Philadelphia care about more than other cities, but that's what makes us great. Uh, BLG, why don't we start with, uh, give me a winner. Give me a, if you had to pick your number one winner, the person who came out of this, you know, OTA's mini camp whole period as the, the biggest winner, who is that? I think it has to be, and it's a very big surprise because I, I, <laughs> I didn't think I'd be saying this at this point. And at this point, you probably already guessed it, James. I think it has to be Nelson Aguilar. Oh, no! Just because Barchard's not here, you felt like you had to pick up the slack, BLG, no, well, with the, well, the no. Nelly love? You know how I feel about uh, I Nelson know. Aguilar. I know. This is why I'm <laughs> least, shocked. You, you've always had my back here. Yeah, but here's the thing. Now, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting him to be actually good yet. I'm still setting the bar at competent NFL wide receiver, which would be a massive upgrade from what we've seen from Nelson Aguilar. But I think he's pretty much had the best spring you could possibly ask for. You know, we still need to see everything happen in pads. We still need to see him show up in the real games and all of that. But for him to come in and have this kind of offseason where he's virtually catching everything thrown his way. I haven't really seen too many drops at all. Um, he's making big plays, he's burning the defense, and I know, you know, the Eagles don't have the best cornerback, so take it for what it's worth, but overall, for him to just come in here like this, and, you know, it might sound silly, but the fact that, like, that he has a, a new haircut and a new jersey number, I just feel like it's kind of, like, a, been a fresh start for him, and obviously Mike Groh coming in here to the new wide receiver coach, I think for Aguilar to come in here, um, and also just really benefiting from the fact that Jordan Matthews, who we'll talk about later, hasn't been able to practice. You know, Aguilar's been getting all those first team, or at least a lot of the first team slot reps. So just a, a nice opportunity there with the first team too. And I, I just like him, I think, in the slot better than I do on the outside. So overall, a real encouraging spring for everyone's favorite wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar. Right. Oh, and one more thing before I get off of that. Uh, as far as we know, uh, he, he did not go to a strip club right after – uh, minicamp so Whoa. that is also a very good thing yeah all right that is the end of episode 241 <laughs> oh my god the nelson aguilar love makes me sick but I, I get it look i think i think it's also one of those things where we have yet to see this guy perform uh, since the you know faded mark sanchez to nelson aguilar streaking down the sideline pass in the preseason we've seen nothing resembling an nfl football player out of nelson aguilar so uh, i understand when we start to see stuff and he has a great uh uh you know practice shorts session i don't really know what to call it uh it's good thing and and look i want the guy to succeed you don't want and, and it's different with like marcus smith because we'll get to that too but with marcus smith it's like Oh, yeah, I totally get how this guy isn't a successful linebacker or, or defensive end in the NFL. That makes sense. When Nelson Aguilar was one of those things where it just it felt like the floor was so high based on, like, I don't know, what every single quote-unquote expert on the planet said, um, I think it's harder to, to stomach what's happened with Aguilar. But hopefully you're right, PLG. Uh, why, why don't you give me a, uh, a loser of the old, uh, the old uh, OTA minicamp session here? 
Well, it has to be, for me, Jordan Matthews. Nice job. Um, See the, the, the combo of those two there? That's what you did. <laughs> That's what you did. Well, it's, it's so weird, though, man. Like, he missed basically all of spring practices with knee tendonitis, which is, like, something that popped up for him, like, during last season. And I don't know. I, I know you guys were talking about that a little bit on the, the last WIP show and how that situation's kind of been weird and how Dave Spadaro even said he might not make the team. And now, obviously, we know he's not getting cut. But just the fact that, like, Spuds would lump him into that group of players, it's a far – it's, like – it's, they're not exactly sending the message there that, like, oh, you know, Jordan Matthews is this awesome player and he's really valued and, you know, he's this, he's this you know, player we want to keep around. Now, you know, you can take that for what it's worth, but just the fact that uh, all of that's been happening and he hasn't been practicing and the fact that Nelson Aguilar has looked good, I mean, it's just it's getting to that point again where, for me, it's like, I just think a trade is still realistic and almost likely to happen. I, I whoa, think, whoa, you know, likely, likely. I so if you had to, the point is, if you had to bet right now, you would bet it's more likely that Jordan Matthews get, gets traded than starts the season as an Eagle. It's close. It's like you know maybe like fifty-five, forty-five, but it's like it's leaning towards off the team because there's just I feel like there has to be more value in trading him and getting a, a decent pick than there is and just keeping him around and then he's going to walk in free agency. You can get the comp pick in a couple of years. So I think, you know, they're not going to just trade him for nothing. Like we've been saying that all along. Like if they get a six round pick, you're just, you're not going to do that. And I disagree with John's take that they should do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like, I like, yeah. I get it. Like, I have no, I'm not one who needs Jordan Matthews here. I, I think he is very much what he is. And I think that he is, as you, uh, if you haven't checked it out, go to bleedinggreennation.com and check out the, the piece that, that Brandon wrote about Jordan Matthews and and how the basically the stats don't tell the story uh, when you talk about Jordan Matthews. And it's something that we've talked about a lot on this show. And we've, you know, BLG kind of finally put the stats and the numbers and, and everything, you know, behind the, the what we felt anecdotally, just watching and, and seeing what we were seeing. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's going to end up making more money than he probably deserves based on the numbers. And, and I'm all for getting out in front of that. I just, you know, I think I'd rather have a, an extra pair of hands that I can trust for Wentz than a six-round pick is really what it comes down to for me. You know what I mean? A pair of hands you can trust yeah. to uh, not drop a, <laughs> uh, a wide-open pass. You, one you no, can trust I, more than others, let's say that. Yeah. And and I, you know I, what? To date, more than your, your favorite player in the world, Nelson Aguilar, too. Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. And I'm, and I'm not trying, trying to hate on Jordan too much because I think he's a great guy. Uh, you know, obviously, I think he's a, Carson Wentz likes him a lot, so don't want to mess with that uh, if you can prevent it. But uh, I think it still could be an interesting decision. Um, sticking with the losers, James. Um, there's a couple more here I want to get to. I'll just get through them real quick. Well, just um, real quick, just so you know, that's how good you are. I was literally when if you had stopped talking and not said sticking with the losers, I was going to say <laughs> to you, let's stick with the losers. Give me some more losers. So we're we're the professionals. It's, it's here, like you know? a, a symbiosis, <laughs> one one unit here. PLG, give me some more losers. Um, Vinny Curry, I have to say, just really didn't do a lot for me this spring. You know, it's it's only spring drills, so how much can you show? You know, I'm not saying like he just had this extensive opportunity and he just failed, but you know, I saw Chris Long 
get a nice pass rush move, bend around the edge on Big V the other day in practice. And, like, the next rep, I see Big V go up against Vinnie Curry, and, like, Big V just stonewalls him. So it's, like, that's not, like, the best thing to see. <laughs> um, and the fact that Derek Barnett, who's in my winners, spoiler alert, has looked so good and that Chris Long, you know, hasn't looked bad, I just think that doesn't bode well, obviously, for Vinnie Curry's playing time. I just think he's going to play still. He's going to have a role on this team. But it with Barnett looking good and Chris Long contributing, and even Stephen Means looking good again, like, Vinnie Curry's playing time could easily be limited again, even though he's healthy. Um, how do you see that defensive line rotation playing out, James? Yeah, it's a great point, especially because Stevens means business. So yes. uh, you don't ever want to forget that. But, you know, it's a great point, man, especially because, uh, and we'll get to Barnett in a minute with your winners, but um, everything we've heard about Barnett, and we talked about it when you, me, and John talked last week on the podcast uh, about how just impressive this kid has looked and how, um, professional and, and how like ready he kind of looks and, and Chris long look, I mean, Chris long is, is only 31 years old, I believe. Right. I mean, um, I, think so. I mean, that's old for an NFL to pl- player, but it's not that old. I mean, we're going to talk about Jason Peters in a minute who is now, uh, you mm-hmm. know, potentially going to be the highest paid 38 year old on the planet. But, um, you know, a 38 year old in the NFL, I guess they're probably like CEOs and whatnot out there making a, yes. lot, a lot more money. Uh, but uh, maybe not that much more, but you know, some for sure. Uh, but regardless, um, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think it's interesting here uh, and getting back to the defensive line. I think Chris Long is, is, could be a nice piece and also seems to really be in on everything. He's been here. He's been involved. You know, he's clearly a really uh, interesting, funny personality on Twitter. We're seeing all that. Like, he's oh, yes. got a, li- a fan favorite immediately, which which you love. But I think he's going to be a good guy to have around with a guy like Barnett and and these younger guys. And, and you know, I think they're going to continue to build through the D-line over the next few years. Um, so I think Vinny Curry, like, honestly, like, anything you get out of him in my mind is is just a pure bonus at this point. And I think that yeah. the way they – with the fact that they went and got Barnett in the first round, that – you know, even though Chris Long is a huge sign, just kind of the the moves they've made, Jernigan, a pass rushing D tackle, like I feel like they're kind of admitting, all right, we screwed this up a little bit. Pretty much, um, and that's that's a it's not a bad you know take to have. It's not like, all right, we paid this guy anyway, let's just no, thank God, you know, I'd much go rather they say we fucked yeah. this up instead of saying like, no, 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 he's still gonna be great, gonna we, double down, yeah, yeah, and even if you still like believe in him but you're still like i like the idea of having some backup plans and saying all right sure. we're, we're we're still building here this is not a lock this guy you know whatever i, I like that um, i'm gonna go back to the winners real quick and stick with the wide receivers i wanted to put Alshon in here i guess you could you know this is an arbitrary list anyway what's preventing me <laughs> but um no blg this is this is the, the integrity <laughs> of the list must stand but i for what it's worth i heard more wow moments about Alshon than anyone else just from from following it on Twitter. So I think it's fair to put him in a winner column. A lot more wow moments than a lot of quote eh moments uh, from Alshon Jeffrey. (laughs) He's been very impressive. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Anyone and and don't let anyone tell you that Alshon Jeffrey and like Jordan Matthews are the same caliber. Oh my God. No, stop. Stop. Don't let anyone do that. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Alshon, obviously, I think Spuds asked a question to Doug Peterson today. He was like, uh, do, you, do you know how many passes Alshon has dropped? And Peterson didn't know offhand. 
Um, but to me, from what I've seen, I think it was really only one. And again, it was like this really tough diving catch in the rain where like, you know, no one probably makes that catch. So he's, he's, he's been great. Um, Torrey Smith has also been really good and, and not in a way where like, he's like blowing, you know, your mind. He's not like mind blowingly. Oh my gosh. Like great. But he's just been, he's been good. I haven't seen him make mistakes. I haven't seen him drop too many passes. So for him to come in there, that's really encouraging. I think, you know, the wide receiver group as a, as a whole, you know, Aguilar, Smith, and Jeffrey, and just uh, as a whole, that unit just looks so much more improved than last year, which is a very low bar to clear. <laughs> as we know. Like but the lowest of in, bars. The lowest of bars. But for them to come in and, and just instantly kind of look this good, it's real encouraging. Yeah, totally. And, and taking a step further, whether – you're a, a locker room guy or not, or you believe in all that type of stuff, whatever. Like, Tory Smith's a good dude. Like, uh, yeah. he was just on with Angela the other day. He is so likable, so personal. He saved, like, 46, like, cats and dogs, homeless cats and dogs from dying by paying for them. I don't, I don't remember the whole story. I caught the end of it. But it was like, he's, like, a good guy. And then, like, he's already, like like messing with Howard Eskin on Twitter and like giving him <laughs> shit and like stuff like that. Like he's just, he kind of gets it. And um, I, I'm, I, I'm with you BLG. And, and look, we said it, you know, even last year in the trade deadline when he was awful and, and whatnot. But like, if you've gone back and looked at those Niners games, oh, like Colin Kaepernick could not get the ball to Torrey Smith deep. Like Colin Kaepernick, who is better than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Oh my God. Jump off a bridge, Scott Kazmaier. I come <laughs> on here and say that to our faces. Um, but Regardless, I, you know, Kaepernick just can't throw a deep ball. Like, it is what it is. It's a fact, at least, in the, you know. so And you could watch it, like, and it got worse. Um, so, Torrey Smith, uh, I don't think he had any real chance to kind of do anything at what he does. So, you hope that, that he will here, but um, certainly the signs point well. BLG, before we move on to the Jason Peters situation, any more uh, winners or losers you want to get in here? Yeah, I'll just rattle off the last couple of months. So, just talking about the wide receivers there and, and mentioning how – mostly everyone looks good. <laughs> Shelton Gibson, not so good. And I kind of feel bad for picking on the kid. Like, I mean, it's not personal, but it just, it just, it got to that point where, like, this guy is struggling so much and I just feel bad. He's coming in here, he's a rookie, you know, he just doesn't have that experience. I think the fact that he's been dropping these passes and individual drills, you know, not, there's no defense. It's just him and he's just trying to catch the ball. And I feel like, you know, that kind of – it's already in his head a little bit. Like, he knows uh, everyone's almost expecting him to drop it. Or there's all that pressure on him. So, I kind of feel like uh, that's kind of been a disappointment so far. I think it's possible he doesn't even make the roster, uh, wow. which is – yeah, like, kind of I – mean, it's not, like, a, it's not unheard of that a fifth-round pick wouldn't make the roster. Like, a fifth-round pick isn't necessarily guaranteed. But more often than not, you know, you think they would. Well, especially for um, a team that's coming off a 7-9 and nine season. Yeah, and needed help at receiver. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm not going to write him off completely. I think weirdly enough, like he looked a little better in the team drills catching than he did <laughs> individually. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But sticking with the young guys, Donald Pumphrey. Um, I don't really know that I like saw a lot out of him in terms of actual ability. He he juked Jalen Mills at one point during the spring practices, which is really nice. But the fact that the Eagles are like using him in the slot and using him out wide and and having him line up in two running back sets with Darren Sproles, like they're clearly trying to get him touches. Like they're they're making a focused effort to work him into this offense, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. So he's in my winners, and on the corresponding with that would be on my losers. Wendell Smallwood, 
Um, it's not that Smallwood looked bad or anything, but the fact that the Eagles are trying to get Pumphrey so much involved and, and that the Eagles signed LeGarrette Blunt and they still have Darren Sproles here. You know, I don't think Smallwood is exactly primed for a big role. And uh, I guess I'll end it here on the secondary for the winners with Terrence Brooks having a really good spring, uh, breaking up a lot of passes. I think he should beat out Jalen Watkins, which should make you happy. Oh, my God, I'm James, so happy. Since you were saying you never want to see Jalen Watkins play football again. Ever. I think there's At a least not in an Eagles uniform. At least not in an Eagles uniform. Yes, maybe in a Cowboys yeah, uniform. Yeah, you can play in any. Nice. I don't fucking care. Play whoever the um, hell else you want to play for. It's not for us. Aaron Grimes, you know, uh, a guy who really stood out last yes, offseason. Yes, in the preseason as well. Uh, that one yes. really terrific interception the preseason. And then he year. got hurt on that play, yep. unfortunately, which kind of ended his season for the most part. He got some first-team reps with the, the nickel defense today in the slot. So I think, you know, that could be potentially your, your starting slot cornerback right there, Aaron Grimes. I think, you know, at least every day, if you look at my practice notes from every single day, which you should, by the way, I'm bleedinggreennation.com, um, you'll see like there's always a positive Aaron Grimes note. He's always breaking up a pass or making something happen. So I think that guy is someone to watch at the very least. Even if he's not your nickel guy, um, he could be just a nice fourth or, or fifth corner to have there as depth. Um, and then the very last loser for you, James, is Marcus Smith. Because what the heck? Like I know that my stance on this has been all along that the Eagles want to cut him, and they just don't want to do it yet because they don't want to get like you know they don't want to get crap from the NFLPA and get in trouble for cutting a player for just uh, skipping voluntary workouts because that's not a good look. But it's just so weird. Like Marcus Smith showed up to mandatory practice this week, so he didn't get that eighty thousand dollar fine, and he basically told reporters that he just felt like staying away. Like he didn't have a good reason. He's like, I don't want the Eagles to cut me. I want to make he had his deal. iPad, Brandon. He knew everything that was happening. God. And now he's like the seventh. He's coming. So he comes back to practice. He's like the seventh string defensive end. So I, I just think I don't know. It's I don't know if Marcus Smith is. I don't know what's going on there. Let, I mean, I, I just, just think he's going to get cut. I think we can just say he is the biggest loser of the losers. He, he I mean, he is because he just didn't show up, and who knows. Yeah, hopefully, like I said, uh, 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 I, I am very, very content with the amount of Marcus Smith I have seen as well. I do not need to see that guy ever again. All right, Brian, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, terrific stuff on the OTAs. And again, uh, check out all the coverage at bleedinggreennation.com because Brandon was really killing it. Uh, all right, Thanks, uh, Jason Peters, kind of the, the biggest story to come out of these mini camps, at least this last part of the offseason uh, program here, uh, Peters, of course, comes in, uh, reports after not coming to the OTAs, says, part of the reason I wasn't here is contract stuff, and then the day later gets the contract. Before I kind of get into some comments that personally irked me, uh, real quick, what do you think of the Peters extension itself? And, and can you shed any light on the fact that it somehow clears up cap space? That confuses yeah. me. <laughs> I think, um, so there's the signing bonus $8 million. I think it saves like $5 million this year because they converted some of his base salary to like a guarantee that's you know spread out over the next couple years or so here. So that's good news for the Eagles in the short term. Uh, I think it was a good idea to do this because I know Jason Peters is older. I know he led the NFL in false starts last year. Like, But like, come on, stop that. Like, Jason Peters is a Hall of Famer. He's a very good player. We talk about all the time 
about how important it is to have weapons for Carson Wentz, but then it's not important to have his blind side protected. Like, what are we talking about here? I just don't like the criti- criticism of Peters. I get that the he's going to be 36 after this offseason, but to me, he's not shown signs of slowing down. Is he in this, like, prime, his best football? No, clearly not, but he's still, like, even at this point, he's still, at to me, easily, without question, a top 10 tackle at the very least in the game still oh i don't know about that no i think he is i think he's still that good and for him to be here um it just means so much like people it's not madden here's the thing if this was madden we would all cut jason peters and whatever but like there is just an emotional and a like a locker room factor like jason peters means the world i feel like to not only these players but to the coaching staff and obviously to jeffrey larry which we'll talk about very shortly but i just think keeping him is really important not just because of all that stuff because if if all that stuff is true and he's a bad player, you can't keep him. You can't just keep a player around because of all of that. But just add it all together. Jason Peters is the man. He goes out there every season and sacrifices his body. I feel like almost more than any other player. He's constantly playing through all this stuff. He he deserve. I think he deserves all the respect in the world. And really, when you look at his contract, um, I know the Eagles wanted him to take a pay cut this offseason. He was not overpaid at all. Like again, to me, the what his contract is is, if anything, might actually be a pretty good bargain. Um, I, I get the sense you might feel differently, James. I know if John was here, he would feel differently. So, I want to hear the other side of the Jason Peters take. Yeah, I'll pick up the mantle there. Uh, look, I I agree with you that I wanted him around this year. I said keep him at left tackle, but um, I did not need him here more than another year. I don't feel like he deserves anything more than any other NFL player does. That's part of the sport. Uh, I think one of the things that the Eagles were so great at was getting rid of guys before they they cratered, before their career ended. And look, yes, Peters is definitely, look, I love him and I love that, you know, him getting on the field and fighting for Nick Foles and all that stuff. And, And he's a true Eagle and all that type of stuff. But he also did completely quit on Chip Kelly. And I don't care if the rest of the locker room was like, he quit on that dude, and and I, I no matter how much we all dislike Chip Kelly, and we do, that's never okay to me. But that's neither here nor there. It's more the point that I don't need Jason Peters here more than one more year. And if you are going to move him to guard, what are you going to pay a guard like whatever it is, like twelve million or whatever that's going to be in that year, or something insane for a guard? I get your point, and I don't hate it. And especially if it creates some cap relief this season, like that's fine. Like I'm not super against it, but. Um, I just I, I think that it's more likely that Jason Peters does not keep playing great. I know he's Hall of Famer, but you know he is a gigantic human being, and he's 35 years old, and he's taken a hell of a beating over the years. So I think the safe bet is that he is more likely to decline than not. But I, I get it. But to to get into the comments you made before, I I whatever I feel about it, like when I read this and this is from the Les Bowen article, it's on philly.com about the Jason Peters thing. And when I read this, okay. And this is Jason Peters talking. When I read this, I have such a problem with this. He says, talking about Jeffrey Lurie, we're best friends. We talk all the time. He texts me and we talk before every game. That's my guy. He brought me here and he stayed loyal to me here. Hold on, there's more. Peter said Lurie's away in Europe somewhere, but after his agent reached out and told him uh, about the talks, Lurie quote-unquote stood up for me and got the deal done. 
Okay. So whether or not I have an issue with the Peters contract, and, and again, I, I don't, it's not a, a make or break thing to me. I, I get it, like, but I don't love it. But the fact that Jeffrey Lurie is pushing for this to get done is involved in any way in the decision to keep someone like that or like anyone in personnel. I have a real problem with that, Brandon. Like, that's that's where I get worried about this team's future. It goes back to that thing, I guess, we that report from Tim McManus earlier this offseason that we heard, you know, that Jeffrey Lurie is more involved than we know. And, and we've talked about that, and I totally agree that it's not good having him involved in these decisions in general. I think the Peters thing is a little bit of an exception. I think that's how, basically my whole feeling on this Peters deal as a whole. Like, in general, I'm not a – you know, I, I get why people don't like extending a player who's that old and – and I, I get why they might not like why the owner is involved, but I feel like this is a very unique, special situation with Jason Peters. He's a very unique player. I think the Eagles maybe are regretting, you know, some of those past decisions. What's not isn't like that doesn't mean like you overcorrect now and that makes it right. But you know, with not having these guys finish their careers in Philadelphia with Brian Dawkins, and that's actually something that Harry Roseman has admitted to, you know, that was a mistake, and we need, we shouldn't have done that. We should have had him finish his career here. But um, I think, so that's the other thing I guess I see value in the Peters extension is he is the example. Like, I, I don't know that it's going to make players better, but at, le- at the very least they see a model of, look, you know, like if I ball out, and I do everything I can to help this team win, they're going to take care of me. And the owner might even have my back if I if I go out and I do this just as hard as JP does. So I kind of like it in that sense of a, a motivating factor, but I totally get, you know, like why <laughs> it doesn't look good when – and it's just so weird too. Like you – I think we, we, we can't like understate that enough that like, that, like just because – Jeffrey Larry owns the team. He's definitely like not best friends with all the players or even close. Like it's just not like just think about like your the, the relationship you have with your boss. I mean, in your case, James, I'm sure you're friendly with Spike. You know, I'm, I'm, I talk to my boss too, but it's not like you know, it's not quite that level. It's just it's a very new level. No, I Spike Eskin is one of my favorite people I've ever met. And, like, I've never hung out with him outside of work or some type of, like, outside of work event or his, like, lottery party. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I love him. I think he's the greatest guy I've ever met. Like, no. Like, and and the it's it's just a strange situation. And, and again, look, you can be buddy-buddy. If you own an NFL team and you're a billionaire and you like to hobnob with the players and all that, like, good for you, man. Like, cool, man. Like, I got no problem with that. I just don't want you saying, give this guy an extra 16 million over two years or whatever it is, even though he might be shot because he's my boy. Like, could you ever see Robert Kraft going to Belichick and being like, (laughs) yeah, uh, listen, Bill, uh, Vince Wilfork, he's really done so much for us. And, you know, he's been a Patriot his whole career. We we love having him. Uh, We can't let him go. We just got to, we got to lock it up and keep him. No, that doesn't happen. So, like, I get it, and I'm I'm not, like, angry that Peter is going to finish his career here or whatever, but, like, I certainly don't think the way the whole situation played out is, in my mind, something that I'm happy or hopeful about. Let's get a ring for Jason Peters, regardless. Sure, that would be, be awesome. I really want to – I'd love to yeah. – like, he deserves or that. Or how about really this? Does. Let's get a ring for me. 
and for oh, you well, and for all of well, us and for Bleeding Green Nation because I'm with you. Like, I would love to get a ring for Jason Peters, but you know what? Jason Peters hasn't suffered as long as we have. He played in the NFL, but, like, <laughs> come on, man. I'm 35. He suffered a little more physically. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. All right, BLG, uh, before we get on, we got a lot of questions we want to get to. Oh, shout out to everyone who is awesome and, and get all the questions in. But uh, real quick, couple quick hitters before we move on from the OTA minicamps, and thankfully we don't have to talk about players in shorts anymore. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, rough yeah. start in the OTA. Seemed like it got a little better going on uh, uh, outside of uh, being compared to Eli Manning, which I don't know whether that's good or bad. I feel like it's a good thing, but I, it also just feels bad. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of the whole kind of uh, uh, and how did it kind of end the whole kind of Carson Wentz narrative over this offseason training thing here? Yeah, this is definitely something. Obviously, we had to get to, and and maybe too, and maybe this is too far into the podcast to bury it. But um, uh, you know, Wentz did not look very good. You know, early on in these spring practices, I was kind of, you know, I wasn't hitting the panic button because it's again, it's spring practices. And when he comes into training camp and he tears it up, what does it even mean? What does it matter? And no one's going to even remember. So. Uh, didn't want to make too much out of it, but the fact that you know these struggles were kind of ongoing and even maybe into earlier this week, but you know seemed to really turn the corner later in this week. Here had a really sharp practice on Wednesday, made some really good deep throws to Nelson Aguilar. Funny enough, um, hilarious then, BLG, hilarious. And then a really just an awesome play today, which um, might get talking about into later, where like Jason Kelsey snaps a ball high. Carson Wentz reaches, and it's like over his head. Carson Wentz reaches up with one hand, grabs the ball, and just immediately flings it to Zach Ertz in the red zone. And it's just like you don't even have time to, like, process that. Like, you're just like, holy shit. Like, this guy is like, he just, like, Carson Wentz, for all the flaws you see, he is special. There are times when you just see things like that, and you're like, wow. Like, that, that kid can, like, do some things that are just special. So... Um, for him to, to have these bright spots, I think, is real encouraging. I think hopefully, you know, this is where he picks right off in training camp and he looks sharp and he's not having those issues. I thought that theory about the the vision thing that was brought up on. Yes, the, uh, David in New Mexico. I wanted Great to ask call. him about that. I, I didn't get the question in, but I was like, I was thinking about that. And it uh, stuck with me. It stuck his, with me. Like I've been thinking perception. about it. It's really interesting, right? It's an interesting point. He um, said I don't 90 know. days after the surgery that Carson Wentz yeah. got on his eyes, it takes at least 90 days. That for anyone who didn't hear the, the show on WIP, we did. Um, this guy, David New Mexico, called him. Really bright caller. We've had him call a lot. He, he's listening Very good to call. Great caller and a, and a great listener. I believe he's listened to the pod for a while. Like, great dude. Um, but he said that with this eye surgery that Wentz got, that it takes at least 90 days. I think he had a friend who had it or a friend who's an eye doctor or whatever. It takes like 90 days for the depth perception to mm -hmm. get back to their normal. And and I feel like that's like, like, of course, we all want to believe something like that. But at the same time, it is a very reasonable explanation for why the, for the type of struggles he had. Yeah. And he had that, I think, back towards like around the draft, which is late April. And it's, you know, it's only June, mid-June. So um, that would make sense within that time frame. You know, it hasn't been quite 90 days. I think it's only been about, I don't know, um, like 40 or so. So. Um, thought, just thought it was an interesting thing. As far as the Peter King thing goes with the comparison to Eli Manning, you know, Eagles fans are going to hear that and be like, oh, no, you know, like Eli. And, and even I'm like that because, like, I don't want Eli Manning. You know, I know he's won two Super Bowls, but, like, come on. Like, those are some of the luckiest Super Bowls I've seen. And I know he played, you know, hot in stretches there, but he's, he's – 
I, he just had so many frustrating seasons and he, he's thrown way too many interceptions and there's there's been a lot of bad as as much as there has been good so but i i honestly think that's not a crazy comparison by peter king like i know a, a lot of people might think oh peter king you know what is he what does he know i think that's actually a pretty reasonable take i think carson wentz is a guy who you know he he comes in with this high pedigree he's not perfect we've seen the flaws the mechanical flaws and i think some of them are overblown uh, but I think some of them might just always be a thing, you know, that he struggles with. I don't think he's ever going to be this perfect player. But I think Carson Wentz is a guy who might be like Eli in the sense that there's going to be those frustrating moments, but also he can get really hot at times. And I think we saw that, you know, obviously early in the season last year. I think there's going to be times where he gets really hot and he's going to be untouchable. And I think, you know, if that happens at the right time, late in the season, late in the postseason, and you go on a run, I think he's that kind of quarterback who can go on a run. But I also think, you know, he could be this player where there's going to be inconsistency and he's not going to be he's not going to be Tom Brady. I mean who yeah, is Yeah, look, it's the um, it's the whole Joe Flacco thing. And I think it's I think it's yeah. a, look, uh uh it's not sexy or exciting, but if Carson Wentz ends up having Eli Manning or Joe Flacco's career, every single one of us should be internally grateful and incredibly happy because while we all want him to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, like the odds say he's not even going to be close to being Joe Flacco or Eli Manning. So if we have a guy who gives us the ability to contend for over a decade, that is an yeah. unbelievable win. So we need to tone it down a little bit with the, and I'm not saying everyone's doing that, but like, like I I've talked to a lot of people who are like, no, I would be so upset if he had Joe Flacco's career. I, that that's a crazy thing to say. <laughs> really, ultimately, it's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Like, there's one Tom Brady, there's one Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, um, but BLG, we gotta uh, we gotta get some questions here. You and I have just enjoyed chattering back and forth that we've uh, uh, somehow made it like thirty something minutes into the podcast and um, have all the question answered. Real quick, before we move on, um, was there anything else you wanted to just toss in about the OTAs or the whole minicamp thing before we uh, we move on to some questions from the yeah. the listeners? Two things. So the quarterback position is not going to be pretty this year. <laughs> I think, I think we all knew that, and that we've all known that for now. But there's there's going to be some not so great moments there. I think uh, this group just. I I think they're going to be competitive. You know, I feel like now I'm just being like a coach and throwing out a, a general buzzword to make things sound better than they are. But I know I I do like Jalen Mills's competitiveness, and he did have a good really good practice this week. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and the other thing I want to touch on real quick was the Jeremy Macklin thing. Just the fact that he signed with the Ravens and the Eagles had interest, which is kind of a little surprising because Doug had said, you know, they, they didn't at, at the last time that he had, he had been asked about it, but then I guess they did talk to Macklin over the weekend. Um, he signed for what, like two years, 11 million. Correct. So the, the Eagles clearly weren't going to pay that, but I, I did think it was a little interesting that they did have some interest. So uh, I think that just about wraps it up for our non-questions. Yes. Scenes. I think that's fascinating, too. I, I think it is interesting that they were at least involved and interested. Um, yes. Who knows what that means uh, down the road if they're set or whatever. But uh, certainly we're open to it, which I like. You know, you always should have optionality, as uh, the great Sam Inky once said. All right, BLG, let's jump into these questions. Uh, let's fire some back and forth. Why don't we start with uh, uh, our good friend Alexis Chasen. Or Ch is it Chasen or Chasen? At lovely Buckeye on uh, Twitter. She'll correct us. Uh, yeah, she, thank you. Please do. And I 
apologize, Alexis, because that's a terrible job by me. Um, but uh, BLG, this one's for you here. Cam Johnson, final roster. Is he going to make it? Has anyone else had as many questions about punter as I have? I can answer that. No. Uh, BLG, <laughs> is he going to make it? No, right? It's, it's Donnie Longwell. No, but he has the, he's shown a nice leg, so who knows? You know, maybe he'll he'll catch on somewhere else. Yeah. All right, uh, and and who knows? You're right. You know, D- Donnie Longball could uh, could uh, you know his foot could. How break. dare you? Would, Don't even. I would never. It. I love that guy. All right, <laughs> uh, at uh, at Thomas RP ninety three asks, who is the most important on the Eagles in terms of offensive sex uh, sex? Jeez. Whoa. Hey now, <laughs> Freudian slip, guys. All right, uh, Tyrone the douche. All right, uh, Carson Wentz not included in terms of offensive success. He said Foles is the obvious answer. Let's oh, make it clearly. fun, okay? Uh, BLG hates you for saying that. Uh, BLG, I do. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think there are a lot of ways you could go, but I feel like uh, I feel like we're going to land on the same guy here. That has to be Alshon, right? Alshon, yeah. It has to be. I, I mean, you can make Alshon. a case for Lane Johnson, um, but I think, I think Alshon is the answer here, correct? Yeah, in terms of overall offensive success, I think, you know, if Carson Wentz doesn't have that legitimate number one wide receiver – you know, all of a sudden, you're not too, too far removed from the group you had last year. And at that point, you know, like, where are we? Great point. All right. Uh, I don't. Who's this at Phila B. Coulter? Brian Coulter? I, I don't know if I know that name. New listener. G- new, uh, new, new, new Twitter question asker. JK, buddy. Uh, we love you. And, and happy birthday. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I wasn't yes. able to make it to your B-Day party. But I, I told him I would make it up to him. And uh, he said he's going to hold me to that. So I don't know. Where that we'll leaves us, out. but we'll figure it out. Uh, all right, Brian once asked, uh, "What's a good fan club name for starting slot wide receivers?" Nelson, by God, Aguilar, and Nelson's Nest, Aguilar's approver, approvers. That's a not that one. I could say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I think I uh, texted back to him. Nelly's Smellies is uh, is oh, my okay. favorite so far, uh, because stop it. But uh, what do you think here, BLG? You got a good one. Yeah. No, he doesn't deserve a nickname yet. I not agree. at all. We can't even be. We can't even be talking about Let's, this. I'm sorry. What, 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 uh, who was it? I think it was Sundiata. Uh, what is he now? He's, he went from 17 to 13. We're calling him 13. That is Nelson Aguilar's name. Sundiata <laughs> yes. once uh, once well put was 17. All right. Uh, uh, at underscore Lex Luger asks, uh, does Carson Wentz get overall more TDs passing rushing? I, I'm guessing he means both. Then the yeah, Eagles D line group gets sacks. I'm gonna say no. What do you say, BLG? Yeah, I'm taking the sacks on this one. I Me think, too. Cause, and that's not a slight to Carson no. Wentz either. I just think the defensive line could be really good, and I'm rather gonna bet on them than Carson Wentz. Yeah, and they and granted, Wentz not the best year ever last year, but they they more than doubled or close than close to. I think they had like 28 sacks last year, 29 sacks last year. Yeah, Wentz had 16 touchdowns. So. Um, just yeah. a more likely bit there, especially because they have beefed up there um, mm. from there. All right. Uh, we got back-to-back questions from our buddy at GL Crandall here. Uh, which unit do you think looks better so far, offense or defense? I'm guessing that's uh, a little defense action, BLG, no? Yeah, defense overall. I which would is say, surprising because it's practices. usually offense early. Yeah, but uh, I, I think just the, the, the corners have obviously not looked always great, but as a whole, I just think the pass rush looks really good and – and and for as much as the corners aren't great, they're still competitive. Like they they break up passes. They have their moments, I would say. So definitely the defense. And uh, one more from GL Crandall. He asked uh, you, BLG. I was not down there, but um, what was your most exciting play slash thing you witnessed during minicamp? 
We're OTs. Well, I love, you can say that, too. I, I really love that pass I was talking about earlier today where Wentz just kind of caught it one a bad snap one-handed and, and flicked it to Zach Ertz. I mean, that was just like, holy. Uh, but I don't think that would be that one. It has to be the Alshon one. Like, that was just clearly just like Alshon just goes into the end zone. Carson Wentz lobs it up. Alshon... You know Alshon's getting that ball. Like it's not a surprise he's catching that. He jumps up there and he just he just grabs that thing and he basically just mosses Rizal Douglas. Oh, I like that. It was just awesome. It was yeah. Just so I feel good like that see. was definitely the play I heard about the most on Twitter and people reacted to the most. Um, all right, PLG, uh, our buddy Juan Galvez, uh, Gal- Galaviz, I always say Galvez, because uh, Juan L. Galvez on uh, Galaviz yeah. on Twitter. Uh, our buddy Juan, I love Juan, longtime listener, asks, uh, are we done at cornerback this offseason? That's the first part. And and can we come to terms that Jason Kelsey and Michael, Michael Kendricks are staying one more year? PLG, it's a great point. Like, I think we had all basically said goodbye to these two. I wrote a, a piece for Philly Football Talk that, that said, mm-hmm. uh, Kel, see you later. And I thought it was very clever. <laughs> and uh, now I look like the idiot, BLG. Uh, take that second part first, and then we'll get to the cornerback thing. Yeah. Uh, are, are they – I mean, they're going to be Eagles this year? I mean, you know, as as each day passes, they're getting closer to it, right? Oh. So, cer- certainly. But – um. I'm not going to say they're definitely here 100% still. I think, you know, there could be – we saw the Sam, Sam Bradford get traded eight days before the season. Sure. Like, things can happen. I'm not – and Howie Roseman's active. I'm not going to rule out that uh, either of these guys could get traded. You know, Kendricks obviously didn't play much last year. I think, you know, there's – I think eventually at some point it could happen. And with Kelsey, uh, Isaac Samala has been getting some reps at first-team center. Not the majority by any means, but they're still working him in there too. So I think Kelsey could easily – on the way out. I still think if you have to pick one of those guys who's more likely to stay around, it's Kelsey. Agreed. I, I don't think it's like a definite that they're here still. I agree with you. Uh, CB, I think they're pretty much is what it is, right? BLG maybe like a, a also ran type of guy, but I think we, we see what we see at CB is as rough as maybe it might a be. trade. Ooh. Like, I think that's the only thing you would see. Right. Like, if, think, if, you know, if they, they do trade Jordan Davis. Matthews, there's a chance they could do it for a cornerback or something like that. Kyle Fuller. Yeah. yeah we've like, talked. We could do that's that. Been, that would be like, cool. yeah, we've talked about that all off season. All right. Uh, our buddy at gravity seven or two as, uh, and this, we've talked about this a little bit. He says, how much stake are you putting in these uh, OTAs uh, in terms of potential signs of growth for Wentz? We said not too much, but he also puts training camp in there. Uh, I think we both kind of agree we're, we're, we're not looking really. I mean, we all saw Sam Bradford, um, you know, have the greatest game in the history of quarterbacking in Green Bay in training <laughs> camp and preseason. Like, we're waiting until it actually matters, right? For the most part, yeah, I know. I think I want to see more progress in training camp than I did in OTAs. Yeah, of course. If he's if he's looking this bad in training camp every day, like that's that's kind of a problem. So he needs to to be better than he was in the spring in training camp. But yeah, I've always had that theory too. You know, I always bring it up that he's kind of just. I think he succeeds more in game environments. So I don't always know how much practice will be worth in terms of evaluating him. But uh, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to see how he does in training camp. All right, uh, Gravity uh, Seven Hundred Two also has uh, over under for Jason Ga- Jason Peters uh, games played this year. I'll go uh, I'll go twelve and a half as the over under, and I will take, I'll take the over. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd take the over, but it's 
barely. I'll say 13, 14, just because he's a, a warrior. All right, our good buddy uh, John in Portland, AK at yes. not my real emails a couple good ones. Uh, is JP extension uh, more about a lack of left talent, uh, left tackle talent in the draft? Or more about a near-term competitive window? Is he still Pro Bowl level? He says, keep him. Um, I think uh, you kind of answered how good you think he is. You said uh, top 10-ish tackle. I I would not go quite that high. I mean, I think clearly not the best tackle on his own team in my mind. Um, but, wow. but I mean, I'm sorry. Lane, Lane's better now, but not obviously wow. not career-wise or anything close, but I think Lane's better now. I really do. But uh, I'm with you. He's still very competitive. Do you think, uh, to his other point, though, is it more of a – I don't think it has much to do with talent in the draft as much as, uh, you know, I think it's more just trying to, you know, send, like you said, kind of send this guy out the right way and, and he can still help protect Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, again, it, we talked about wide receivers being so important, weapons being so important for Carson Wentz. Well, again, so is protecting his blind side. So like, to have that guy in there and then you don't have to worry about it, you know, that's great. I, so I, I saw someone, you know, bring up the fact that, like, oh, well, you know, they can't cut Jason Peters now next offseason and that was going to clear up a lot of room. Well, yeah, but if you did that, you would also need a left tackle. And if you're moving Lane Johnson over, then you need a right tackle. So, like, it's not like, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, uh, it's not this binary thing here. But uh, I, I think the, the lack of talent in the class, I mean, if, if the, look, if this draft class this year in 2006 or 2017, rather, was loaded at offensive tackle, would they have taken one in the first round? I think easily they could have, but I just don't think it lined up that way, and I don't know uh, how they see classes moving forward, but it does, you know, the fact that they don't have these great tackle options in-house, you know, I know Lane Johnson is here, but again, that's only one tackle position. You're still going to need an answer, and I don't know if Big V is really shown enough to be that guy for sure, so I think keeping Jason Peters around is important. And I, if he's, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if he's still playing at this high level, and I, and I here's the other thing with that, real quick, as you like to say, James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I really believe in him. Like, I, I just think, I, I know he's older. I think he is very much the exception. He's like a freak athlete. If just, just standing next to Jason Peters, I'm six foot nine. I'm a very big person, but like. Even though he's like a little shorter than me, I feel small compared to him. He's this massive, freakishly athletic dude who does crazy things out there. And and Doug Peterson has talked about that before. They feel like he has good athleticism in his body. I think he's a freak. I think he takes care of himself better than maybe some of the, at least a lot of other players in this game. So I feel good about him staying around. Well, clearly, you're obsessed with him. We can tell. All right. Uh, uh, John also throws in that he thinks it's the year for Earth. Get out of here with that crap. We're not even going to entertain that go talk to brendan extra about that yeah. <laughs> uh, all right brandon a few more to breeze through really quickly here uh at uh dat boy freeze uh that's a good one there uh it says is doug's job says uh the team if the team doesn't have a better record this year can you see filippo replacing him uh no i don't think it's safe yes no. i could see that uh i, I don't I, think filippo would be my top guess but i could certainly see that I well, it would depend how bad you know. If they're going like six and ten, maybe. If they're going seven and nine again, that's pretty disappointing. Uh, I, I don't think it's just so tough. We talked about this on WIP, I think like a month ago or so, where I feel like there's two sides of the coin here. There's the fact that I just don't see why they would uproot this whole staff again. You you brought in Carson Wentz, you brought in Doug Peterson, and 
Frank Reich and DiFilippo, you knew this thing was going to take some amount of time. And in that sense, I don't get the point of overturning the whole staff within two years. I don't know what the, how much that accomplishes. On the other hand, you know, we keep going back to the fact that Doug Peterson didn't really seem to be very much of an inspiring head coach choice and didn't seem to be the Eagles' first option. And if, like, let's say Sean Payton or uh, John Harbaugh or, like, one of those big-name guys becomes available – because those were apparently Jeffrey Lurie's top targets, and obviously they weren't ever going to happen. But the fact that like he's apparently shooting for those guys, if one of those guys becomes available, and that combines with the fact that the Eagles don't do well this year, that's when I think it's possible that the Eagles can move on. Yeah, I think he's gone if they don't make the playoffs. It's as simple as that in my mind. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's really that simple. Look, if they go, if they go nine and seven, I guess, and like they're like right on there. On the yes, no, Maybe. there's no way they can go yeah. nine and seven. And he gets fired. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think they're. I think he's getting fired. Uh, okay. Wow. Uh, our good friend Kerry Johnson, uh, the great uh, at Kerry L Y N N J on Twitter says, uh, "What are your guilty pleasure teams? The teams you don't root for but like to see do well, or teams you don't hate?" She says, "Any sport." Ooh. Mine's the Cleveland Indians. I love the tribe. Oh, of uh, course. Major League was, I came out when I was like seven years old. The Indians were like the worst team in baseball. They made the Phillies look good, which was like the 10,000 lost time, all that type of stuff. Uh, I like the Indians. I always have. Uh, I always will. So uh, uh, they're a fun team now, too. So um, I, I, they're, my, they're my AL squad. I don't know if I have that. I don't really know if I have like a – because I feel like I'm so – Provincial when you it comes to the provincial. Philadelphia sports team, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm very uh, locked into the loyalty aspect there. I think here's a good question for you, James. I'll kind of turn this around. What do you like more, seeing the Eagles win or watching division opponents lose? I'm seeing the Eagles win, but it's a great question because yeah. I do. But enjoy is it close? It. Yeah, it depends. I think uh, no, I don't think it's as close. I don't think it is. I think I really like seeing my team win more. Um, you same. Yeah, but I just think there's it's different. You know, there's different aspects to it. This like, just the trolling factor. You know me. I, I just oh, can't, I, I just know can't you. All right, it's great. All right, a uh, couple more real quick. A uh, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, DK at Kinchelo, whatever on Twitter. Uh, asked if we're going to any away games. He says they're going to KC Front Road. That sounds awesome. Nice. Let's just say maybe. We're seeing what we Maybe. can do. We would like to. There's there's a real possibility we'll be at some games, but we will see. Uh, our good good friend Craig from Cincinnati, uh, Craig from Cincinnati on Twitter asks, uh, uh, worst or most embarrassing getting wasted? Sorry, Craig. Uh, we did that on the Patreon pod, didn't we, BLJ? Yeah, you got to check you that out. For so that. for everyone, check out the Patreon pod. But there is one from Craig for BLG. Uh, have you ever shut down a country chicken buffet or any buffet for that matter? Uh, yes. <laughs> I just like I just ate all the food and they had to close down. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you're pretty prolific when it comes to eating. Let's just say it's possible. <laughs> it's fun. I love it. All right, uh, we have a uh, real quick. A couple just got in real quick. Uh, rapid fire here because uh, I have one last one I want to ask. But Quinn Ritter, I love Quinn. Quinn's a great guy. Uh, what What is the worst purchase you've ever made? Uh, let's just say Chip Kelly and say it was an Eagles purchase. Uh, Matt Grumbeck, uh, too many great questions, Matt, but I, I saw this one real quick. What's the worst job you ever had, BLG? Any job that wasn't Bleeding Green Nation. Oh, look at that, man. Look at that. Worst job I ever had. Uh, oh, man. I've had some real shitty jobs. Uh, 
selling safety to refineries and petrochemical plants like safety equipment and services <laughs> and going up like gas detection monitors and breathing air. That was pretty crappy. Let's go with that. All right, last one uh, from Jeffrey uh, at JRob3168. I, I really like this because I, I, I like it when I have a great answer for something, and I usually don't even come up with answers for these. I usually just copy and paste them and then answer on the air, but I saw this one out of the corner of my eye. I was like, I, ha I have the perfect answer, uh, but I'll give you a chance first. If Jason Peters and Jeff Lurie had a buddy movie, who would be the bad guy, BLG? Ooh. Who would be the bad See, and that's guy? That's why I'm confused because they're because they're it doesn't always have to be a bad guy in a buddy movie, right? You know, they can be good buddies. What what I saw was I saw uh, Jason Peters, Jeffrey Laurie buddy movie, and I didn't even need to see it. It was like an epiphany. It's like the remake of Twins. It's the most obvious thing of all time. Jeffrey Laurie is Danny DeVito. Jason Peters is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> It'll be better than any movie Laurie's ever made. Oh wow. That's probably true, though. Mike drop. <laughs> Mike drop with that one. Twins remake. Oh, my God. It'll be hilarious. I think we have to end the podcast. Yeah, it's over. Note. It's over. BLG, any, uh, any real quick final thoughts? Yeah, just um, thanks again, everyone, for following along with OTAs. Big shout out to John and our good, our good buddy, John Barcher, doing great work at the video. Yeah, it's just a shame that. he died. And uh, we're oh, very yeah, That sad. is a very shame. We'll, we'll miss him. But so he, definitely we'll we'll miss him. He'll oh. be back next week. He'll be back next week. He'll be. <laughs> what time's uh? That's the other thing. So what time is the WIP yes, show this week? Yes, uh, we are on WIP uh, this week uh, from one to three, and then so uh, the following Saturday we'll be on s four to six. So cool. So listen to those things. Um, I'm going to be off next week. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff, uh, and that just about does it for me. Yep, Patreon. You can go back and listen to Gelly After Dark. Here are uh, most wasted story. Uh, I uh, I gave two. I didn't even just give one. I gave two, and uh, they both involve lots of throw up. So uh, it's certainly worth listening to that again. Shout out to John. Uh, we hope he recovers from his dying. Uh, pretty soon, as BLG and I both did recover quite quickly from our deaths. So uh, we were happy for that. So uh, shout out to everyone who sent in the questions. And all. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys being a part of the show and contributing. And uh, we will be back soon. More again, check out uh, me and John and uh, maybe someone else. I'm not sure. WIP Saturday 1 to 3. Uh, and uh, that's going to do it for Bleeding Green Nation Radio. This has been episode number 241 for Brandon Lee God. I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio.